0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this second episode of Eastward Iowa City. I'm Father Simeon. This is our Christmas episode. Many of you are probably going to observe Christmas in some way this year. Do you get some time off? Are your kids getting some time off from school? Are you putting up a Christmas tree? Have some stockings hung up? Maybe some lights on the house? Are you getting together with family? Traveling? It's almost Christmas. So it's time for the question, what is really the point of Christmas? You know, there's little statues some people put up for Christmas. Central to a nativity set is the baby Jesus with his mother Mary and Joseph, surrounded by some shepherds, three wise men. There could be some animals in there, maybe an angel or two. If you look at the New Testament scriptures, you'll see that the story represented in a nativity set is found in the gospel written by the apostle and evangelist, Luke and the Gospel written by the Apostle and Evangelist Matthew. You could say that in some way, St. Matthew offers a man's perspective. He focuses on Joseph's experience. And St. Luke offers a woman's perspective. He focuses on Mary's perspective. St. Luke tells us about the Archangel Gabriel appearing to the young virgin named Mary. The Archangel told her, that she would conceive a child and give birth to the Son of the Highest and that God would give him the throne of his ancestor, King David, and his kingdom would never end. Mary asked a simple question, how can I have a child since I'm a virgin? And the Archangel Gabriel explained that the Holy Spirit would descend upon her and the power of the Highest would overshadow her. Now, this is not really the Christmas story which commemorates the virgin birth. But this is the annunciation, that is the announcement of the good news to the Virgin Mary by the archangel. This is the miracle of the virginal conception. It's celebrated every year on March 25th, and it is no accident that the birth of her son is celebrated a perfect nine months from March 25th on December 25th. Although this is not in scripture, The church that wrote the New Testament, the Orthodox Church, has preserved the history about the young Mary who had consecrated her life to live as a virgin, had been taken by the older widow Joseph, a pious and good man, as her protector. Mary and Joseph were not married, but they were betrothed, which made them husband and wife. Betrothal was far more than engagement that we have today. If you know that Joseph was an old widower with children from his marriage, then you can figure out why Jesus is the only son of his mother, and yet he has siblings mentioned in Scripture, like James, the brother of the Lord, who was the first bishop of Jerusalem. So Caesar Augustus issued a decree for a census, which meant that Joseph and Mary traveled from the city of Nazareth in the north to the ancestral town of Bethlehem in the south to be registered. Now remember that the archangel told Mary that her son would restore the throne of his ancestor, King David, and Bethlehem was the hometown of King David. I don't know for how many people that Bethlehem was an ancestral home, but you might consider that this little town was bustling with visitors for census registration, and Joseph and his betrothed Mary found shelter in a cave in Bethlehem. Presumably, it was a cave where animals were kept because a manger, which is a feeding trough, was there. When the time came, Mary, the young virgin, gave birth to her firstborn son, and as the angel had instructed her, she named him Jesus. She wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger. St. Luke tells us that out in the fields, shepherds were watching their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel radiating with the bright divine glory appeared to them. He announced that he had good news for all people. On this day in the city of David, a savior, Christ the Lord was born. The word Christ is essentially a Greek form of Messiah, the descendant of David who was expected to come and to save the people. I mean, people might have thought that the Messiah was going to save them from political oppression of the Romans, but the Messiah, the Christ, was more than that. The angel told them that they would find this child wrapped in swaddling cloth and laying in a manger. Then the shepherds saw all kinds of angels saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The shepherds ran off to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the newborn baby laying in a manger. They explained about seeing and hearing the angels and Mary kept these things in her heart. And the shepherds returned with joy for what they had experienced. Now, St. Luke gives us the detail about the angels. The St. Matthew tells us the story about the pagan magi who traveled from afar following a star, which seems to have been an angel, at least by the time it's showing them exactly where to go. These stargazers found the child and his mother, who were now in a house. They fell down before the child and worshiped him, and they presented him with the gifts they had brought, gold, gold frankincense and myrrh. Now, these two gospel writers, the apostles Matthew and Luke, tell us the nativity set version, but there is another of the four gospels to tell us what Christmas is about. The apostle John's gospel gets to the heart of the matter. There's a reason that St. John's symbol is the eagle, because he gives us a high perspective or a deep perspective theological perspective, depending on how you look at it, about what is going on with this original Christmas story. How does the Apostle John describe the birth of Christ? The Apostle John begins his explanation with these words, in the beginning, which takes us back to the very beginning of time, back to Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The Greek word logos is translated as word into English in the gospel according to St. John. The logos gives order to all things. When translating the gospel from biblical Greek into Chinese, logos is translated as Tao which is the corresponding concept in some streams of ancient Chinese thought. So, the Chinese translation reads in the beginning was the Dao. I have a lot to say about this, but that's from my other podcast on Eastern Orthodoxy and East Asian culture. So, the Word of God, the Logos, the Dao, is God and is with God. What does this mean? God has revealed Himself as the Father. The Father is uncreated and fills all things without limit. The father has always been the father because he has always had a son who is of the same uncreated essence, beginningless, meaning that whatever we say about the father as God, the son is God in the same way, the same divine essence. The son is without beginning, eternally begotten of the father, which is a mystery, and the Holy Spirit who is of the same essence and equally God with the Father and the Son, eternally proceeds from the Father. This is a mystery. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinct persons. The Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Father. But the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one God, the uncreated one. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit always work in cooperation. In the beginning, the Father created through the Son and the Holy Spirit. God said, let there be light. Another way of putting this is that the mind, the Father, created through His word, the Son, with the breath of the Holy Spirit. I'm using human language here to express how God has revealed Himself by using words of mind and word and breath to describe the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Although there's nothing in the creation that can really accurately explain the uncreated, this mystery that God himself has revealed to us about himself. So John is telling us about the Word who is God and is with God, the Father. The one who is the creator as God and through whom the Father created, the Son. There it is. There's the Christmas story from the Apostle John. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is the mystery being accomplished. That is what Christmas is about. God loves us. How much? The one who created us. When we had fallen into spiritual sickness, which we call the ongoing experience of spiritual death, which is what the story of Adam and Eve is about, he was born of the new Eve as the new Adam to heal us. From the moment of His conception, in the womb of the Virgin, joining His divinity to our humanity, He healed and perfected our human nature, giving us all the individual opportunity to become like Him. He is perfect God. He is perfect man. And He has healed and perfected our human nature. This is why, the great Orthodox teacher and bishop Athanasius of Alexandria said God became man that we might become God. He put on our humanity to make us like him. In other words, without any change to himself as God, because he was still in heaven while on earth and filling and moving the universe, he took our human nature to be born as one of us so that we can achieve the fullness of our potential to experience and be transformed by the presence of god life himself so at christmas which we call the feast of the holy nativity of our lord god and savior jesus christ we are celebrating that god loves us and became one of us to heal us and to raise us up salvation for the orthodox isn't like getting some kind of ticket into heaven but being changed, transfigured by the grace, the radiant presence of God himself, who is life and light. The son of God came into the world in order to defeat death by his own death on the cross and to raise up our human nature to immortality. He established his own church as the cave of the nativity where we can all gather as the shepherds and magi to meet him. And the church is the hospital in which we participate in him and walk that path that leads to experiencing what he has made possible by joining his divinity to our humanity. In his birth, Christ showed us the inner disposition we need to begin the progress in the spiritual life. Without any change to himself as God, he took our human nature. The one who cannot be contained but contains all things that exist came to rest in the confines of a manger. The one who is as God, King of all, submits to be laid in a feeding trough for animals. The one who is enthroned in heaven sits upon his human mother. The cave becomes heaven because he is there in human flesh. The one who gives life to everything that lives needs the milk from his human mother. God teaches us humility by humbling himself. The greatest teacher, the perfect teacher, teaches us the disposition we need to learn the way of salvation. And he teaches us by example. It's all about humility. Adam and Eve believed the lie that they could be like God, gods themselves, through disobedience and rebellion. And they fell into death. But their creator, our creator, shows us that the way to be like God is through obedience to the way of life. He gives us the way of life. He shows us the way of life. He is the way of life. If you bow down and worship Him, really, in your heart, not with external religiosity, but really in your heart, and you live that as a lifestyle, it will change your life. And by the way, this time of year, the Orthodox Church recalls how the birth of Christ fulfills all the prophecies from ancient times. But Jesus is not just the one who fulfills the prophecies about the King born of a virgin in Bethlehem, whose origins are from ancient times, even from eternity whose kingdom will never end, but he is the word of the Lord that came to the prophets in ancient times. Through him, the prophecy came, the prophecy about himself. Because all the Old Testament story of Israel, indeed the story of humanity, is all about preparation for his coming into the world to destroy sin and death for us and to make us like him. He shows us what a real, healed, perfect human being is. The reason for this Christmas episode is that I want people here in Iowa City and beyond to know what Christmas is really about, so that you can legitimately celebrate it with joy for the glorious celebration that it is, and begin walking the path that Jesus Christ has set before us. As a parent, I want my kids to know what Christmas is really, and to experience it in all of its power and its glory. That will guide the rest of their lives. If you live in Iowa City, but don't make it here by Christmas, at least visit us here at St. Raphael of Brooklyn Orthodox Church soon. We are just getting started celebrating what God has done for us. I wish you all Merry Christmas, or as we say in the Orthodox Church, Christ is born, glorify Him. Thank you for listening to Eastward Iowa City. I'm Father Simeon. This podcast is part of my Paradosis Pavilion collection of projects, technical production support, and all the music in this episode has been provided by Generative Sounds. If you like this episode and this podcast, please subscribe and share.